0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Good morning, Serialites. It's your old friend Dan Grimshay here. Thanks for joining us. We're still hard at work here at the studio putting together some new shows that I think you're going to like and they're going to be out real soon. But this week we've got a special encore presentation of one of my favorite episodes. Going back to last fall, it's our Unboxing the Wonder Years DVD set edition. I know, I know, it wasn't on Saturday mornings, it wasn't even animated, but if you didn't grow up watching the Wonder Years, and I kind of got to wonder if you even grew up watching Saturday morning cartoons with me. Anyway, this is a great one, because we not only unbox the entire Wonder Years set for you, your enjoyment, your in, your entertainment for your information, but we also share a chat that I had with Dan Loria, uh, Kevin's dad kind of all our dads plus the showrunner bob brush and we learn a lot more about this show than we even thought we knew let's listen again all right all right yeah uh you guys want to start the show
2: let's start the show
1: No, 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 no. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't sound. But we're That doesn't sound exactly like Joe Cocker there, Marky, But still, it's close enough. I don't want to take the chance. Come we, on. We can't afford that. I love this. We the, can't. We're not going to get The little away twitching
0: with that. of the Joe Cocker. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know you were totally channeling <laughs> Joe Cocker here, right in front of me. I'm very impressed. But, but I, I don't. I'm afraid. I'm, music rights are, uh, they're, a tricky, thing. I, yeah, they're tricky things. Yeah, I heard. thing. I heard. You understand? Uh, you know. Speaking of Joe Cocker. Uh, what would you do if I – no, see, I almost got sucked <laughs> into it. But but the Wonder Years, the show yeah. that we grew up with and love, that we were all Kevin Arnold for six years with, that is barely right now coming to DVD. How could it take – And us? it took 20-some-odd years just because of the music rights. Yeah. So don't you mess with it. <laughs> I, I fear the music that's, rights. That's right. That's yeah. right. They'll yank us quicker than you can believe it. And uh, oh yeah! By the way, hey everybody, I'm Grimshaw. This is Joe. Co- uh, this is Marquee. Uh huh. It's me. And you are tuning in just in time to catch the Matty P presents Saturday morning serial, Big Giant Wonder Years complete DVD series unboxing episode. We
0: are unboxing today. That's
1: right. We uh, we're we're going for the fad. We're gonna we're gonna share with you what we got, and that is the uh, tell me, Mark, am I right? This is the deluxe box set that we've got here no
0: this is the first time that it's been available the complete series on dvd it's all out and they packaged it in a replica a mini replica a scaled yeah replica. Yeah, yeah describe what we're looking at because i am very impressed right you, is, you showed up with this I yeah love it's neat it. it's a scaled replica of the same locker which and we watched the pilot it's the same color it's the same it's the same locker yeah.
1: well it's a school uh, locker it's, yeah. yeah
0: but there you can't get those wrong really I think that the the actual uh, combination lock is the same. You know, it's they actually went through I think a lot of pains to get this thing right. It's a scaled replica, and if you uh, yeah, open it it's, up, it's, which uh,
1: are, looks like it's about uh, we're looking about nine inches high. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, then if you
0: if you open made it up, of, made of real metal, like it's real metal. the same
1: metal that a locker would be made of. It's well, a, it's
0: and a that actually gray. and it's actually very handy. It's like a it's kind of like a beige, but uh, sure. if you... I see, oh, and I
1: see even the latch, it doesn't come with it unless you uh, you didn't bring it, but it looks like if you had your own lock...
0: Your little combo lock, you can
1: throw it you on You can there. actually throw it yeah. on there.
0: But you actually said that it was metal, which makes a lot of sense because uh, one of the added bonuses is that you get a bunch of cool little magnets, uh, like a peace sign, I heart Winnie Cooper, oh, yeah. I heart Kevin Arnold, Kennedy Yeah, you Wild open Cops. this thing up. And you can put these magnets all over right. it, and it kind of looks like a high school locker. Oh, it's, see, oh,
1: I thought for a second maybe the the little actual little combination lock, lock on the front worked. Okay, that,
0: that doesn't work. That,
1: I see, all right, was wishful thinking, but it still looks cool. So you can just swing it open. You swing it open, and it uh, looks yeah, like notebooks. I see we've got, well, yeah, it looks like a couple trapper keepers. And a yearbook. And I see the trapper keepers have, you yeah, got two of them. Yep. Good size, taking up most of the space, and you've got seasons one, two, and three on one, uh-huh. and four, five, and six on the other. Right. So that's let's go so ahead and six six take seasons all together.
0: Uh, we're going to open this one up first, and as you open up, uh, there. Okay, so there's three different like books, I guess. There's two notebooks, and then there. It looks like it's a yearbook. It's like a. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah, the yeah art you're cover. exactly right. This yep. is yeah, a little like a
1: uh, thin but hardcover, The Wonder Years, 1988 to 1993 yearbook. Right, and if you open that up, you're going to see... Uh, oh, yeah. the oh, they even did a bunch of signatures. A bunch of like, signatures. From? Let know. me see. Uh, all right, I see, like, Dan Loria, Mark B. Perry, Daniel Stern. Dan Loria? Oh, okay, so, yeah, a lot of cast and crew signed it. Signatures like, uh, Wonder Years, I not only like you, I like like you. <laughs> I used to say that. Hope we get to know each other. It <laughs> hasn't changed. Even better next year, yep. Daniel Stern. Let's see. That it will never come again makes life sweet. Emily Dickinson. Yours, Miss White.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mrs. Her. Oh yeah, remember that? I'd forgotten about that teacher he had a crush on.
0: Oh, it's uh, right. the pregnant yep, one. The pregnant I remember one. that. Oh, we haven't gone through this whole collection yet. Oh wow. Okay. So that that's pretty cool. Let's see going forward. Uh pictures all right. of, of uh, it's got okay. pictures of Kennedy High School. Um it's got the it's, it's and then it kind of turns into like a family album. You'll see, you're you're going to see pictures of the family of the Arnolds. Yeah. Uh, uh and it's got cool oh, little, yeah, like, and it's show got notes, little yeah. Yeah. You so
1: it, it is a good balance between like uh, what looks like a yearbook
0: and a family and, photo album. And it's got a bunch of stories about the show itself. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. So no, that's, that's a pretty good gimmick. That's one of the bits that's in the that's in the locker. Um, and then, uh, if I open up um, one of the notebooks, quote notebooks, yeah. uh, like a trapper keeper is yeah. what it looks like. Well, it's a it's it's not a it's not a trapper keeper. That's very distinct. This is a three ring binder replica. You know, supposed there to look like go. a three ring that, binder. That's what it is. And it's one of the ones that has the canvas on it. Like, go into your to your grandpa's closet, and he's got three ring binders that are Wrapped in canvas. Yeah. That's what this is. So this is from the 60s, and this is um, – it's and then you open it up, and it's got uh, – the actual uh, uh, DVD notes are on a removable – uh, journal. Oh, that's oh, it's one of those uh, the essay books,
1: the black and white covers. The black and white cover. Them, yeah, if you, right. you go to college. You're required to buy like 50 of those and every semester.
0: This actually looks a lot like the yearbook in that it kind of breaks every single episode. Well, it it breaks it up by disc and it breaks the episodes up with little synopsis synopses. Synopsis. Synopsi? Synopsi? Synopsis. I don't. synopses. Synopsis. 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 Synopsis synoptical. It, it has some, it has some synopsises. And, Let me see uh,
1: what you got. Oh, and it's all like in the style of like if someone was taking notes or something there. Right, kind of.
0: exactly, because so it's the, a oh, journal. The doodles right, off to the side. Exactly. Good touch. Good touch. Uh, I'll give you a little example. Uh, it says right here: Current events. The civil rights movement takes center stage in this episode. After watching the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr.'s "I Have a Dream" speech in class, Kevin joins the cast of Miss White's school play about the civil rights movement. He delivers Senator Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s electrifying words before a packed auditorium, uh, communicating his stirring call for national unity and the shared desire to build a better life. Miss White is moved to tears, and even Kevin's otherwise cynical dad, whatever happened to my fair lady, that's in quotes and that's in parentheses, it's quotes and parentheses, I don't know why it's so special, is deeply affected. And uh, here's the quote I say, A nation in which all peoples have the opportunity to build a better life for their children. Some men see things as they are and ask why. I see things as they might be and ask why not. Oh, Robert F. Kennedy. Good good rhetorical device there. (laughs) So that's in here. So, yeah, you get to kind of learn some stuff. And, you know, um, it kind of brings up a cool little... uh, paradigm I guess of mm-hmm. kind of going through this series um I remember watching it when I was a kid
1: yeah and yeah.
0: I remember watching the pilot episode specifically with my dad and we were the only two people in the living room and I Seriously, don't remember watching any other shows with my dad that weren't the Rifleman or some Bonanza or some <laughs> some shit that he liked. Some some dad show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, this was really the first time that he watched something of, of uh, well, something current and modern, you know. Yeah. And we both watched this pilot episode, and uh, I believed it moved us both equally but differently. Oh, so
1: like a, like a father son bonding thing over the show?
0: Yeah, and it's not like we were talking, you know. Um, not like, not my, at my all like Kevin and right. his dad. <laughs> well, I know I, I took a lot out of that relationship, you know, because my dad was a lot like that. Um, actually, he still is. Uh, I remember it was very recently I was talking to my dad and right before we get off the phone he goes love you and i'm like wait wait what 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 that, that was weird he's mm-hmm. <laughs> like oh. my dad doesn't say that i mean i thought he was dying or something you know? <laughs> like so you know there's there's this this persona of dad that i have in my mind mm-hmm. that is obviously influenced by my you know my actual father um that is just all powerful kind mm-hmm. of dominating and fair and loving but quiet you know yeah. uh and you had strong to, silent
1: type sounds a hell of a lot like yeah Dan Loria yeah, on the yeah. well guess what Marky I talked to Dan Lauria just not. the other day all about this release uh we got into that and we also and I think we even discussed uh the whole generational difference And uh-huh. watching it as an you know doing it as an adult after living it as a kid yeah. and why it meant nothing to me then and does not oh, okay I'm wasting everyone's time let's just let's magic interview machine bring me Dan Loria Hey everybody, thanks for joining us here on the Matty P. Radio Happy Hour. We are talking with Dan Loria, who, if uh if you've got a heart and a memory you will remember from Wonder Years as uh Jack, uh Kevin Arnold's uh gruff but lovable father. Uh Dan Loria, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today?
3: Oh, thanks for having me, Dan, I appreciate it.
1: Of course, I've got to say I uh as I'm sure almost everyone you talk to every day, I'm a huge Wonder Years fan. Loved that show so much when I was younger.
3: Yeah, it was a uh, a special show mainly because of the writing and uh it showed you what television could do if they wanted to, you know.
1: Uh, me and my producer last night um he brought over the uh I think the the ultimate box set and we started going through it, you know, just to kind of prep for this, watch a few more episodes, which I still go back to Netflix and, and go catch them. So, nonetheless, I'm glad we've got this box set, but we we ended up. Yeah, well, this, it uh, took
3: over 20 years to get it, you know, because <laughs> they had screwed up the rights to the music. That's The Wire. There was a big delay. So, uh, the Time Life really stepped up and got the rights to the music. Even the uh, even our theme song, which was very difficult because we were the only show to have a Beatles theme
1: song, <laughs> that is that is a heck of a feather in the cap. And I think uh, yeah. you know, I counted aside from just the theme song, I think you had uh, you had at least two high dollar uh, songs just in the pilot alone during the show, which I was impressed. Oh yeah, you were able to use that, yeah, let alone have- get the rights
3: right i am I'm, I'm not sure if this story is true, but from what I heard, somebody contacted Paul McCarthy and got him the pilot and, and with the Beatles song in it, but they did not own uh the song at that time. they had sold all the rights away and Paul McCarthy actually called the people who owned the rights and said, "If you're ever going to let a Beatles song be used, this is the show you should do it." and the people who own the rights said okay well let them have the song but it can't be your version and it was paul mccarthy who suggested the singer and everything else so i always wanted to meet him to find out if that was true
1: <laughs> i that that sounds like a good enough reason as any to go meet paul mccartney
3: right i mean you yeah. know even if it's not true it sounds good so. oh,
1: and and actually and uh, my producer said and i agree with him uh after after watching that show for so many years, in my mind, Joe Cocker owns that song now. I <laughs> yeah, I still I love hearing Ringo do. sing it, but I don't get that that <laughs> that that rush that I feel when I hear Joe Cocker kick into those opening chords. No. That's that's a, still moves me.
3: Yeah, he was the perfect choice.
1: Now, and you say uh, you give a lot of credit to the writing of of the show. And I think you're absolutely right there uh, because it did yeah. break a lot of molds for television. It was if it was a, a drama or a comedy, and it was done very funny, but done without a studio audience or a laugh track or anything. Right. Yeah, but a lot of, I think, you a lot of credit does go to the acting. You guys were amazing in that show. You made it look very natural, like it was easy to just regress 20 years every week. Well, you know.
3: Yeah. Allie Mills and I, we were all theater rats, you know, and we got the kids when they were very young. And, you know, the one note we would always give the kids is don't act, don't act, just look at us. And, you know, and, and they were, they were so talented, the young kids, but it's still the center of it is the writing. I mean, Neil and Carol, um, they created uh, Neil Marlins, Carol Black, they created such realistic situation and character. And, um, they actually were there only for the first 18 shows and then Bob Brush who even Fred will tell you is the real star of the Wonder Years he was our head writer for the whole rest of the run and uh we never shot a white page you know for your audience that means we never shot the original words written we Bob was constantly rewriting and making it better and better and better
1: so Oh, I'm uh, yeah I'm glad you brought up uh Bob Brush because uh, hopefully the scheduling gods permitting uh, I'm going to get a chance to talk to him a little bit later too about this uh about this uh, new release and uh and I I caught a little bit of the interview you did on the DVD extras and you had uh-huh. such wonderful things to say about him is there is there oh, anything anything like uh like hidden or or personal gems from uh from the set back in the day that I can ask him about I always like to come in a little more prepared
3: Oh well you know Bob was uh I got along great with Bob you know I I really didn't contribute much to the writing but I would uh, contribute a lot to the cutting because Bob wrote some beautiful speeches for me And I would go to him and say, Bob, I don't need that. He said, I could do that, all these four lines of one look. And Bob would just start laughing and say, You're the only actor I know who takes away his own lines. And then he'd write, (laughs) Jack does look 101. (laughs) He had one show where Fred came in from school totally, you know, uh, distraught. And he looks at me and and, uh, he says something about how did it go today? And I said, you know, I had a rough day, blah, blah, blah. And it turned out to be Fred came in, looked at me and went and I went, Uh and he went, uh and that was it. That was O C <laughs> So two Us. Became, and Bob laughed, he he loved that. He said, Damn that he said, I think that's gonna stay, you know. So Bob was uh very open to ideas. He he didn't like a few change dialogue, but he loved ideas. It, uh, and the only real idea that I contributed to the show, when we first started, I asked Neil and Carol if we could, I'm a vet, so I uh, asked them if uh, Jack could be a Marine. And naturally, he couldn't be a Vietnam vet, so we made him a Korean War vet. And it, and it really came to play. Bob used to tell me a couple times, thank God we made you a vet. It really helps with these stories, some of these storyline. So that was think- my only contribution.
1: Oh no! Don't 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 put it like that. I think uh, you 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 helped you joined you know the pantheon of great TV dads in that way without ever needing a shtick.
3: Which... Well, you know it's kind of interesting about the, the TV dad in LA. They had a one of the papers. They had a, a thing where the people wrote in: "What was your favorite TV dad? The dad you would most likely want." and I wasn't even on the list. And then the following year they had the five dads that were most like the dad you had and I was number 1. So nobody wanted me but everybody had me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know what? That's a pretty good position in life to be in. Yeah. You know, how well you were kind of in that unique position in that you um you know, the show was about skipping, you know, or going one generation back so everybody mm-hmm. you know on the show playing their character the kids kind of just had to go with what they knew about being kids uh but you you and Allie had the advantage of of having grown up through that era were you able to use that did you like channel your own father or how did you get into that that headspace oh, no, no, you no, know my- 20 years earlier
3: Yeah, no, no, I didn't. My my dad was the warmest guy in the world. I'm always amazed when actors talk about their early lives and how hard it was. I I had the best parents. I didn't even know we were poor until I got to college. So uh, (laughs) I just, I had a great life. But my father was the type of guy. He was very quiet, you know. But, you know, at ball games we'd talk, and he'd talk about World War II, the Depression. So I got a little history lesson and it kind of that comes through in the wonder years. You know, the kids in real life would ask us questions about Vietnam because it was always on the TV behind us while we were eating. They, uh, Matter of fact, I thought an interesting story was uh, uh, we did a show about uh, the Kennedys, and everybody on the set was talking about where they were when they heard that John F. Kennedy was killed. And Fred asked me, what what's going on? And I told him that every generation has a moment they'll never forget. For my parents, it was Pearl Harbor. I said, for my generation, it's uh, John F. Kennedy. And I said, I hope your generation doesn't have a moment like that. And I don't think he understood what we were talking about. But when 9-11 happened, Fred called me and said, now I know what you guys meant, because everybody's going to remember where they were. So there were history lessons like that that we shared with them.
1: That's kind of a good point. And I think... I think you're right. We were, uh, my producer and I also got to talking about how, you know, the show took place about 20 years before it was aired. And now it's been, Mm -hmm. you know, roughly about 20 years later. So if we, if one were to go back and reboot it, and if all of us who grew up as, at, at Fred's age were now, you know, Daniel Stern, um. What what would be that linchpin? You know, I mean, the show had had such great iconic moments then, like the landing on the moon, uh, the Vietnam War, just, right. just so much to draw from. And thinking back 20 years, you know, the early 90s, there really was no, uh, with the possible exception, I guess, of the fall of Russia, our generation then really didn't have as much to draw from, which was we didn't realize, especially until nine eleven, it was kind of a blessing to live through a quiet time in history.
3: Oh, yeah. Writers, if you wrote a show about the 90s, um, again, the writers are going to have a little trouble thinking of those iconic moments. Things like steroids in sports would become a theme for a writer and how when they were younger – Ball players were ball players, not pumped up. you know it would be things like that. It would not because uh, unfortunately, and as I'm saying this as a veteran, we don't put the same connotation on the Iraq and Afghanistan war as we did uh, you remember Vietnam was protest, people had to get out in the streets, so there was something now it's kind of I don't know back page news unfortunately,
1: yeah. Uh, also I want to say thank you for your service. I know you were actually over in in uh, Vietnam. And that was that was America kind of coming to to grips with the fact that it it wasn't World War 2 anymore. We were no longer world saviors. Was, right. going right. out and doing yeah, no, a job a Marine, that was unpopular. So, yeah.
3: yeah, and which was in the theme of some of the wonder years. Remember the for John Corbett, from Northern Exposure. He was my daughter's uh, boyfriend in the first six episodes, and he was going to Canada because he got drafted. So we have an argument at the dinner table. That was a very popular show. We got a lot of mail uh, from Vietnam vets on that.
1: I think I I remember seeing, and there were a couple of uh, episodes where the discussion would come up in there, and you would handle, I guess, especially credit to Bob Brush for, being able to handle it so quickly, but I remember even my mom sometimes while we were watching it say, "Oh yeah, I remember having this discussion with my uh-huh. grandmother and stuff." So oh yeah, you
3: we know, try to make it as yeah we try to make it as realistic as possible. And Bob deserves a lot of the credit for that. He was always talking to us. Uh, he wrote a great episode about my oldest son's best friend going off to the service, and then the following year wrote him about him coming back home. And Bob, we would sit there at lunch and coffee, and what was it like coming back, you know? And I said, well, the first thing, nothing ever fit, because you were in such great shape, so much thinner. And sure enough, he writes a show where the guy takes off his clothes and talks about how nothing fits, you know? (laughs) So Bob was just literally one of the best writers I've ever worked with.
1: Oh, smart, smart enough to steal the right memories.
3: Yeah, but to transpose it into a dramatic scene, you know, I meant, you know, the clothes didn't physically fit because I was in shape like I'd never been before in my life, and he has uh, Wayne's best friend take off his clothes. He's sitting there in his underwear in the middle of a uh, baseball field in the middle of the night, and he tells Wayne that nothing fits anymore. So that's that's real writing. <laughs>
1: That is. That, you know, all
3: all the Vietnam vets identified right away.
1: That, uh, the older I get, the more I appreciate stuff like that from the show. Because, like I said, I yeah. was, you know, you know, exactly Fred's age. So when I was watching it at that age, it was through the prism of, I want to see how Kevin Arnold grows up. I want to see if he gets winning. Mm-hmm. I want to see, you know, it was all the kid thing. Yeah. And the fact that it took place in the '60s didn't didn't register so much with me.
3: No, because it was universal. I think the shows that tried to copy it that didn't make it made the one terrible mistake. I remember talking to the writers on Brooklyn Bridge, and they always made the kid who was supposed to be the creator of the show younger smarter than all all the parents and all the adults. Whereas in the Wonder Years, about half the episodes end with the narrator saying, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have done that. Mm. Yeah, so it made it more universal.
1: It really did. It did give us a, a chance to to grow up and, and learn with them, and that meant a lot. Mm-hmm. I think it did. It yes. did to me. And then going back, I, I I started watching the show every now and then on Netflix just to uh, as nostalgia. And then I was really struck mm-hmm. with how it's it's a period piece in the best possible way.
3: Yeah, because it's and still it, relevant.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, uh well I I again I want to thank you for being a part of that show. It changed not only T V, but it came out just in time to really influence me. Uh, oh, the uh the box set is coming out in I believe three different levels of uh, of uh, deluxe packaging. Yeah. So everybody out there, go out and get it. It's worth it, if nothing else for the soundtrack alone. You put it on in the background while you're doing something. You'll hear some huge hits. Uh, yeah, and I, and I
3: hope the I hope the uh, young adults uh, watch it with their kids. You know, it's a, a great time to sit there, and the wonder years will bring up discussions that their kids will remember the rest of their lives.
1: And that's true. That's and this is this is. I can vouch for that because I remember ending up in those impromptu discussions between my parents while we were mm-hmm. watching, growing up. the show The show had, has it all, and it helped it helped make television what it is now, because it really hadn't been done before. so th- So my thanks to you, uh Mr. Savage, Bob Brush, everybody involved who was, was, and you've all become kind of iconic figures in in our cultural life because yeah. of your work on it.
3: Yeah, and all the kids are doing great, this crap about, you know, if you're a child star, you're going to have a horrible life. All our kids are doing great. Fred's one of the most sought-after four-camera directors in television. Uh, Wayne is one of the biggest reality show producers. Uh, Josh Saviano is a big entertainment lawyer in New York. He's the lawyer for shows like Spider-Man and, of course, my girl Danica. She has a fourth math book coming out. She's a genius and gorgeous and a wonderful actress. And why they don't give her a show instead of Lindsay Lohan is beyond me.
1: <laughs> she might just be too smart to take it.
3: Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Uh-huh. I didn't think of it that way. That was <laughs>
1: <laughs> she knows what she's doing. That's yeah. Oh, she's a good lady. Oh, I'm still. I'm still str- the. The, uh, as as we're as we're having this discussion, I kind of hear Joe Cocker in the back of my mind. You guys made a, obviously oh, yeah. a huge impression in my in my head, which I'll never shake. Uh, oh, so everybody good. listening, get out there, get this. It's finally available the first time all of Wonder Years. If you're thinking I'll just watch it on Netflix, there's a lot that you get with these box sets. The behind the scenes stuff was has been worth every penny to me so far.
3: Right. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate it.
1: No, no. And if you wanted to uh, plug anything else on the back end, we can probably fit it in at the end of the episode. I, I want you to feel free. You've earned it. Oh no, no, no. I mean,
3: if you if there's anything more you need, don't hesitate to call. You got the number. So I'm very proud of the Wonder Years. I don't, you know, I mean, I've done very well, and a lot of it is, and every thing I do, they always write the dad from the Wonder Years, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Even my new TV show, Steve Byrne, is always saying, my dad is the dad from the Wonder Years, you know. So
1: it's uh,
3: been very beneficial for me, and I'm very proud of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's one hell of an albatross around your neck, actually. That's pretty good.
3: Yeah, yeah. No actor likes to hang his hat on one hook, but if you had to, one to use pretty fancy hook. Pretty elegant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile Mr. Dan Loria, everybody. Uh well, you know, Kevin's dad. All right. Now uh where were we here, Markey? We were uh we were, we were unboxing this here complete series. We've uh we've taken a look at uh seasons one, two, and three here in this binder. Let's get that other one out, uh, oh, okay. This is like another three ring binder I see uh, ooh, this one looks kind of like a like hippie So It's got like flowers and like uh like the label's been been colored in by hand. oh, uh, so this one's a little different, I
0: guess. All right, yeah, he's
1: gone a little, he's yeah. Got a little hippie. Yeah, times have in high changed, school.
0: I think, is what it represents. Yeah. You know, assuming that every so season is a year. This
1: would be like from uh, the 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 wildcat years here, the first one, the middle yep. school years, and then and then the
0: uh, next one. Uh, I don't know. It gets a little beetle-ish in high school. It does, and I think this represents the change of the times. I think um, I think the '60s more than any decade that I never participated in <laughs> <It> changed <laughs> so much from the first half to the second half, you know, I mean, has there ever been a, 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 a more broad, <laughs> I guess you're right. Oh, yeah. Right. I'm I no mean...
1: expert. What would
0: not be in there? <laughs> I but, was not yeah. in there, but it seems to me that early Beatles, late Beatles represents what was going on of, of you know, in the sixties mm-hmm. and they are distinct appearances, distinct personas, uh, and that's what is represented here. Yeah, and
1: there was, like, kind of growth and change
0: in the show, yeah,
1: too. It, you know, the, absolutely. the, the characters uh, had their ups and downs, and they grew, and they changed as they should. As they should. It's not all about The Simpsons.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, so what? Are, show me some of these
1: extra features you got in here.
0: Well, you know, every single disc has, um, is, uh, disc one through four or uh, one through five are all the episodes, but, the the final disc in every binder. So there's two bonus discs, basically. Oh, it looks like more than that. It looks like they got two of oh, them. Whoa! Yeah. You got, got
1: four, four. bonus
0: discs. Okay, just in this one, I think you're right. I read that totally wrong. So every single notebook has its series of bonus discs, and I guess it wouldn't need to be a series because it is 23 hours of special programming. Yeah. So plus that you know, that'll take you most of the way through a 48 hour flu. Yeah, that'll do well, Almost halfway. We'll do and I actually love when I get into a series, um, Firefly, Jericho, Battlestar Galactica, yeah, you know, it goes on and on and on. I will watch every single episode, and then I'll watch every episode with the commentary if it's available, and I'll watch all the, you know, I watch shows over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. I like to milk it of all its... Yeah. I, you know, I, I caught him once on a Jericho binge, just... Uh, Pissing in jars, Kleenex <laughs> yeah. boxes on his feet. I had one of those ham radios. For no reason. You know, like, yeah, no, it's um, so I get really into this bonus content. I really appreciate it. These guys did a fantastic job. We did get to watch the one uh, as a little bit of prep work for Dan Lauria. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, we yeah. did.
0: Oh, we've checked out a little bit of
1: it. Uh-huh. Like, like we haven't had access to this second folder yet. Nope, we just cracked saving. it open now. Yeah. So nothing from the second season yet. Although I have to admit, I did watch the uh, the finale, Mm -hmm. the very last episode of season six. I watched that on Netflix, Uh, and you know I wonder if they had to put on different music. That's a good because it was on Netflix. Oh, you might not know what I mean, but uh, the reason it has taken this long, we we mentioned this, but the reason we had to wait this long was because we were just waiting on on the music rights. I say we like like I'm part of the the Star Vista Time family, but no, they it it took them. What did you say? It was like well, 300 different artists. Don't just name like give me like three or four of them. I well, know you've got a big list in front of you. Markeith. Bob
0: Dylan, the Rolling Stones, Jimi Hendrix, Simon and Garfunkel, Smokey Robinson, The Who, Aretha Franklin, Carol King. Okay,
1: okay, I think I've heard of Garfunkel. He's pretty big. So yeah, I yep. believe you. These yep. are these
0: are decent stars. Yep. Uh, Hendrix is doing well. <laughs> Rolling Stones 12th album coming out <laughs> Rolling Stones quit a long time ago Oh boy Well you know They shouldn't have
1: made their show So energetic <laughs> That's They're right Just waiting to break all them bones uh, The
0: the
1: the music in that show Was so such a part of it I mean it, it was. was During the late 60s I mean all of these songs Were recognized as being You know Anything from the summer of love Was used again in TV and movies For the next 40 years uh, so you know, tend to be some pretty pricey uh, uh, music rights. Well, and that you only have the
0: right. I think when they made the show, you have to make a, a very specific deal with them. So yeah, you know, if I'm going to pay Bob Dylan's people to use his song on an episode, I have to pay him for that specific right. So it's going out in this format, and that's what he gets paid for. And every time it goes out in this specific format, he gets a dollar or whatever. But now that it's, you know, syndication is a different beast. Netflix mm. is a different beast. And DVD is a different beast. So, yeah. again, that's why the only thing that you've seen so far is The Wonder Years Season 1 available on DVD. Because they went through, they got those music rights. and But they had probably 100 more songs. Yeah. And probably, probably more took Millions of dollars yeah.
1: and years of work. And they got that one. And so they, they just waited
0: to do all the rest of them and that is well and you know it 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 does make a difference because uh another iconic show but actually is more of a cult following is freaks and geeks and mm-hmm. i like watching freaks and geeks and so that means i bought the complete series and that means mm-hmm. that i watched it with all the commentary and all the stuff and uh one of the episodes it was based on rush I believe you know the the
1: the band, the, the band Rush with the band. The, with
0: the great drummer. Yeah. Um, and uh, Neil Pert Neil Pert yeah. is his name. Yes. But um there was the subject of music in the show and all that and uh I don't know if it was Judd Apatow or or Paul Feig um who was saying this but they were talking about how they wished that they could have afforded Led Zeppelin and the you know like uh, you know the they like to do a themed episode right, about... but they they never could play Led Zeppelin. Now some of the characters wear a, like a Led Zeppelin T-shirt. I don't know what the differences are, well, but the sure,
1: various rights are parcelled out to right. highest
0: bidders. But point, they could yeah. not afford the music. They didn't have that investment. Uh, as great as a show as Freaks and Geeks is, it lasts one season because mm. they didn't have those rights. <laughs> Wonder Years could. Could pull that string and could get that money and could do this and music is just as much a part of the show as anything else.
1: Well, I'll tell you what what the difference was is that Wonder Years was a huge hit yeah. like day one. Right. So they were uh, this. I got this straight from Bob Brush. He explained, you know, the guy the guy who ran the show.
0: There's nothing cult about the Wonder Years. No the thing is mainstream. Yes. Mega hit. Like it it yeah. took off right it, after it the changed premiere. TV. And and so they
1: they said, sure, the network said, sure, buy whatever music you need to awesome. bring us numbers. like In fact, I talked to him about this, and he, the very first words out of his mouth were, well, you know what? Here, hold on. Magic interview machine, can you bring us to Bob Brush? Meanwhile, thank you for taking some time to talk to us today. We've been real excited about this. Well,
2: I'm excited about it too. You know, I think it's uh, it's a wonderful thing that the show is finally coming out with the appropriate music. You know, so another generation can see it. I think it's a great thing.
1: That's right. It's always those pesky music rights that right? kept us waiting twenty uh, <laughs> some years for this one. <laughs> That's right. That's it.
2: Well, Was we that? were young and reckless then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> playing playing with that studio money too. Yes,
2: yeah, exactly, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, um. Were there uh, just incidentally were there plans to put it out with uh, inappropriate music, you know, just uh, knockoff versions or off-key covers, or, or what? What were the other options if we had to keep waiting?
2: No, my understanding, and I can't I can't attest to this personally, but my understanding is that there was a version that went on at Nick at Night and a couple of stations where the music had been had been replaced. Uh, but since I, you know, and, I, and I'd heard this and I'd heard a lot of complaints about it from people, but I never saw any of the, I didn't want to watch any of the episodes myself. So, um, you know, it, it, it's the, the reason, I think the reason that it was never put out as a DVD before was, was the fact that, uh, you know, the creators wouldn't allow that to happen or the studio would allow that to happen without the appropriate music but it did exist it did exist on tv and i guess it exists in some forms with uh, with uh, ersatz music in it
1: mm. i i'm i might have to check the uh, the netflix versions then cuz i I've, I've watched i've yeah, exactly. watched them there a few times right. but i didn't
2: i, I know i think it's maybe another there. one yeah yeah but it it would be the it would be the songs that you know in the body of the show that uh you know we so we work so painfully and carefully to to uh weave into the fabric of the show that uh you know it was uh, it was distressing to hear that they they would be replaced in the same way that you know it'd be like replacing a character or an actor you know
1: yeah yeah and especially in that time period that music is so right, right so remarkable and I think if you were doing yeah. a, a, a version in the 90s you probably could put a, an inferior pop song in there, there wasn't as much right. as much uh, right. emphasis socially culturally placed on the music oh and by the way anyone listening I'm talking to Bob Brush here and we're talking about Wonder Years If you if you hadn't put that together a uh, a great show finally coming to DVD. Uh we got our hands on one of the deluxe box sets in the uh in the little school locker. I love that thing. Uh, whoever whoever put these <laughs> together obviously has some love and knowledge of the show.
2: I think there's been I think it the, these 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 uh, people who put this together have I know that they have been uh they have consulted with me and I think with everybody uh, a great deal. Uh, about it, and really tried to to do this thing right. I, you know, I think the presentation is really kind of great.
1: And it and it comes out we've had to wait so long for this to come out that uh, it's very easy now for us to stand up and say, "Oh, wait a second, because I I'm you know Fred Savage's age. I grew up watching <laughs> Kevin Arnold grow up, uh, albeit in a different time period. I sure, was watching sure. it through that prism. You know, it could have been set at any time. I just loved watching him grow up and exp- and and you know, living that kind of uh, adolescence in parallel to mine.
2: Well, I think that was at the, that was at the heart of the show from the very beginning was the sense that, and, you know, I credit you Neil know, Marlins and Carol Black who created the show with this with a really wonderful uh, insight to 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 realize that, uh, you know, although although. You know, people, not everybody becomes uh, a madman advertising mogul or not everybody is, uh, you know, makes crack cocaine. Everybody grew up. The One Years is about something that everyone has experienced, male and female. And it, it is such a poignant time, that that short period of time between between innocence and, and uh, sophistication that uh, we all go through and that forms us as people, that it, it, there's a tremendous uh, universality about it. You know, I'm, I had letters from from people even when we were doing the show in their 40s and 50s who, you know, actually kind of believed that it was set in their time frame. You know, everybody felt you told our, you told our story. At least that's what we went for. We were going for that, the idea that whoever you are, we were telling your story in some kind of way.
1: Uh, and and you did it well and you um and here's here's where kind of the behind the scenes stuff gets gets a little muddy and i think a lot of people aren't aware of this but as you mentioned it was created by uh, uh Neil Marlins and Carol Black and they and i think they ran through the first uh season as i recall and then through you ensured that sure right
2: yes
1: how how did right. that happen what, what 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 was the story behind that behind you becoming the showrunner
2: well, I can only tell you the story from my from my point of view. It really, you'd really have to talk to Neil and Carol about their their motivations for leaving the show. But uh, uh, you know, I came on after the first six episodes. I came on as a kind of a co-executive producer, and then found out shortly that they were going to be going. So uh, by uh, you know that then began a quick preparation to take over the show, which was daunting on one hand because it already was a hit show uh and it was such a fine show uh that uh it was you know it was a lot to live up to but i you know i had wonderful producers and writers and uh and staff uh behind me and uh you know hopefully we we uh we didn't let them down you know hopefully we kept the show at the quality that uh it, it began with such promise
1: well i i think it, and it, we uh... also
2: we also had of course the the, the ongoing the, and, and in a way it was wonderful, but the ongoing problem of we had a we had a, a, a boy in Fred in his wonder years who was twelve when he started the show, but as he grew up and grew older and older we had to keep try we had to keep adjusting the uh the level of uh, of his character and what the shows were about so that he didn't uh, seem stuck in at twelve <laughs>
1: yeah the show the show did grow and progress, and I think that's that's why I kept watching yeah. to the very end. But I and I had never had any idea that you know leadership had, had changed hands behind the scenes. So that's got to be a testament to the fact that you that's, you understood I, I exactly what they were doing and you kept doing it.
2: I take that as a great compliment. Thank you.
1: Uh, good. Uh, speaking of great compliments, we, I talked to uh, Dan Loria uh, just a few days ago about this. Um, who I. Leading up to the interview I was afraid was going to be a nightmare. I just pictured trying to interview Jack Arnold over the phone. I'd be lucky to get five words out of the guy. Luckily there I was totally go. wrong. Charming traffic, guy.
2: Traffic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. But he 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 was a great interview of you know, uh, yeah. very had had nothing but great memories and he absolutely gushed over you and your writing. And he said his well, his only regrets were asking you to cut lines from his character. He said he would write this great stuff, but I said, "No, I don't want to say this. I should just make a noise."
2: Well, Dan was, uh, you know, and let me gush back a little bit about Dan because he was a, uh, you know, he was. I have to say, first of all, that that the the cast, the kids, the families on the Wonder Years when as we shot the show, it was it was a uh, a fantastically. Uh, Easy and and productive uh, collaboration between everybody. Everybody came to play. You know there were there were no divas in that cast, and there were it was really uh, there was a tremendous sense of community and 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 a sense of trying to make the best product possible. But Dan was kind of uh, in very in very much the quarterback on the set, and uh, you know he had a he had a tremendous sense of uh, well he, with his experience he had a tremendous, tremendous sense of how to do a show. How to make things work, when to push, when to lay back, uh, you know. And he w- and he came every day ready to play, and uh, that was a real pleasure, you know, just a real pleasure. Uh, I- I've, you know, I've never done a show that was so much fun to do.
1: Well, that's that's saying a lot because it it comes yeah. through not just as a fun show. I mean, I guess technically it, it was a sitcom. But it was one of those early shows in the '80s where you would take the writing and the characters seriously enough to let them grow, right. uh, and right. it was, you know, a precursor to what we what we now have is just this great scripted television that has multi-dimensional yeah. characters that grow and change. That was that was really new back then. That was that was great. Did you ever get pushed pushback from the network saying no, keep them in the keep them in the eleventh grade for two seasons?
2: Never. I mean, the wonder you're. We, we had one tremendous advantage, which was the show was an instant hit. Uh, you know, it went on. The first episode went on after the Super Bowl. I think it was 1988, and uh, it won the Emmy that year. So that it was it was already a hit. And uh, when when you have a hit show on TV, the networks and studios tend to uh, lay off. <laughs> you know, there, mm-hmm. there's a tendency. Of whatever, whatever you're doing, just keep doing it, and you won't hear from us until you're not doing it right. So there was, uh, you know, there was, aside from the fact that we, you know, we were continually uh, being spendthrifty about the music, uh, you know, there was really, uh, there was never, we never had an adjustment as to where we were going or what the characters were or anything like that. And, and again, the ca you know, Fred Savage, just a brilliant actor, uh, you know, it's, it's so funny because now he's made us, he's making his name as a director and, uh, but his, he, he had a genius. At 12 years old, he had an ability to grasp, just inherently grasp, what was going on and reflect that in his eyes. You know, one of the things about shooting the show is that we always, in any scene that we shot, we always had at least one, sometimes two cameras uh, on just close-ups of Kevin Arnold or Fred because so much of what the show was about was happening in his face and in his eyes. And he was uh, such a barometer of the truth that I think that's what the show, uh, that's what came out of the show. It it wasn't an entertainment. It was never meant to be really uh, 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 an amusement. It really was trying to tell the truth and touch a chord in people about their lives. And Fred just had that naturally. He was 12 years old. He didn't understand. He was Kevin Arnold. He didn't understand a lot of the greater meanings and motivations of what was going on. But he, he sure got... He got the, the the wind and the tide of the writing and of the scenes. He just instinctively felt it and responded to it, and uh, so that you know we could we could create we could edit an entire show just by checking in on Fred or <laughs> Kevin, I should say.
1: Did you did you uh, did um, the narration bits from 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 Daniel end up coming uh, after? All this then was that just kind of like, all right, let's see, let's see what the best thing you could say over over Fred's look is, or or each, was it the other episode, way around?
2: Yeah, that was both. Each episode started with the narrations, with written narrations, and we actually had uh, 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 an actor on stage who read the narrations uh, for timing. But then once the show was shot, because you know it's a funny, just a funny technical thing about this show is that because it was narrated. There were it, it left options for us to to change things that were going on that had, from the script to, the, to what ha- actually happened on camera, so that we might start shooting a show with one direction in mind, and then as the actors the scripts and made it their own and the scenes unfolded, we might find that there was a whole nother, uh message or motivation or, or emotion going on, and uh, and and we could we could alter the way we cut the show to tell that story so that in general after the show was shot and we went to the editing room then i would rewrite the, uh, a a large number of the narrations usually including the final narration uh and and daniel would record that daniel stern another uh, just an, another brilliant brilliant performance a, a guy who could make anything work uh, he was, he was magic on the show
1: it it was it was it was always something, and I always I remember as a kid when I was watching the show. I always wondered if it was just going to keep going until Daniel Stern <laughs> replaced Fred Savage. Of course, now looking back, that <laughs> does seem like a ridiculous idea. But
2: well, uh, but well, I, you know I what, love well, the. We always the said idea. With the problem. The problem was that Fred's voice was getting lower than Danny Stern's voice. <laughs> we,
1: had,
2: we had our actor was getting a deeper voice than his narrator. Uh, that was one of the, the reasons we thought it was time to end the show. Was that, that clearly he was? Uh, we were we were out of the Wonder Years when he was developing this kind of throaty, uh, you know, deep voice. So
1: yeah, yeah, Get, getting harder to sell it as Daniel Sterns. We'll yeah. See that.
2: And, and you know the the nature of the Wonder, the the, the concept of the Wonder Years was, uh, you know, this short period of time in in, in life. By the by the time, by, and by our final season when Kevin was, you know, really. Having the hots for winning and and was getting you know was becoming a young man, it became harder and harder to justify some of the some of the uh, in a way the naivete that that belonged to this this time of the wonder years of of your wonder years when you're still kind of trailing those clouds of of, of innocence uh, and at the same time facing your adolescence. He it was Kevin Arnold was getting too old to be in the wonder years anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. It is, and I, I, uh, I made it a point to watch the final episode. I started, of course, when when we got the box set. We started with the pilot. That's that's a great place right. to start. And then right that's after right. that, I said, "Let's." I want to see the last one because I remember, you know, how the arc went and how it was believable and hooked to my life. And I think what's important to remember is is how he stepped away from it. And I love and. Mm-hmm it was a, there was a lot of growing pains but then i think at the end of that and i read that you weren't sure if that was going to be the last episode or not
2: the uh i i've heard that i've heard that rumor also uh i'm fairly sure that we knew but it's been 20 years i may have rewritten the script but uh, <laughs> it seemed, it seemed to me that we knew going into the final year into the last year i certainly knew when we were shooting the show that it was uh I, I, this, I know. There's, I've heard the, a story that uh, the, some people saying that that the reason uh, we left, we shot the parade at the end was to, because the question was still open. But I'm pretty sure that uh, we knew, and certainly by the time we wrote the end of the show, uh, the, when I wrote those final the final narrations, uh, clearly it was it was over. I, I, it was over. <laughs> I, I have no doubt that I have no doubt that I knew the final season was the final season. So.
1: <laughs> well, as a showrunner, I think I think that, that that's yeah. probably the most important yeah. person to know, yeah. even if you didn't tell anyone until afterwards. <laughs> even
2: if I didn't tell anybody, right?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, Rotten it's it's, <laughs> it's interesting because you you really you were the showrunner. There's no disputing that. But back then, the 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 audience didn't appreciate these sorts of things. I don't think the term showrunner even existed when you were doing the no, wonder, wonder years. It didn't this is and that now we're in so an much, age when Vince yeah. Gilligan is getting cameos in and stuff. Exactly.
2: Ex- exactly. Exactly. It was uh no, it it did not exist and uh the the interesting thing back is how different things are now from then when we were doing the wonder years we had you know we got we had very little feedback from our audience. We didn't have Twitter. We didn't have any internet at all we didn't have any way for for the audience to respond except really by either by writing letters or by you know not turning the show on and the ratings and so so that our you know our I, I envy right now um the you know the the sharewunners who I know that they 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 take an awful lot of uh, flack. But it's an interesting thing to be so connected to your audience on a a minute-by-minute basis, whereas we had to wait and wait for word of mouth to hear how things went. I don't know. Maybe that was better. Maybe that kept us closer to our own compass of what the truth was, because we certainly never thought, listen, we have to change this episode because, you know, 40 million people are pissed off. We just went Mm -hmm. ahead and did it
1: well, well, working more 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 insular like that, I guess you know yeah. you have to be a lot more confident in your own abilities, so right. in order right. to pull that show off, but I think would be even harder doing it that way, you know to actually have it still withstand the test of time, which I think it has i I go like I said, going back and rewatching it again here has been fascinating and and realizing yeah. that now i'm I'm Daniel Stern's age. <laughs> that I have made the entire journey. You know, I can flip yeah, on the exactly. Simpsons and, and Bart Simpson is still is still ten.
2: There you go. There you go. But, exactly.
1: But we yeah, we watched it grow and and I think that if we were now and I'm sure I'm sure someone has floated this idea to you repeatedly, but if you were to do you know to reboot the uh the Wonder Years franchise and you you have Fred Savage narrating uh, or <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, Whatever the various ways exactly. to do it are. Do you think yeah. it would be as good as, as powerful doing it I, twenty I years don't know. after the I '60s? Don't, yeah,
2: I'm. I, I'm not sure that there. The, I mean, the '60s were such a poignant time and such a uh, a turbulent uh, time of change and and self examination for the for the country. I uh, would not to say that that's not not going on now, but I, I, you know, I I don't know that you'd. I don't know that you'd find the same kind of uh, – there there were a lot of traditions, family traditions, uh, you know, female empowerment, all these things that were just beginning to be themes in the early 60s, and so they could be – you could see both sides of them developing. I'm not sure that that's true anymore. I I, I don't know whether you could – what the hell? Of course you could. (laughs) What am I talking about? The, of course you could you know growing up is growing up, and uh certainly mine. I have nieces and nephews who are in their in their one years now, and I see them going through the same things they have you know they all have iPhones and xbox and uh they dress differently and talk differently and uh but they're still dealing with the same painful entry into the world as it really is rather than the world that their mom and dad told them was going to be.
1: Yeah, yeah, that doesn't change regardless of how, yeah. how those two worlds will change. Exactly. Or at least the one time I went through adolescence that, that Wonder Years <laughs> seemed to get it pretty well, spot on. So I good think work we'd there. all
2: I think we'd all agree that I think we'd all agree that once is enough.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> For anybody.
1: Well well when you were when you okay. were making it, when you had to come up with the uh, with all the dialogue and keep the characters growing and moving, were you Thinking like of of your father or your family or everything you remembered from them, or were you just trying to draw from you yourself at the moment? Uh,
2: I I mean, there there is a tremendous amount of 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 my own life and the episodes that I produced. Uh, You know, in that hundred episodes, uh, I I brought. You know, it it was. Writing it was it was to to be introspective, to be recollective about about one you know your own life, and so a lot of the lot of the characters and, and, and situations in one Years happened to me. A lot of them happened to to many of the really talented writers that we had. You know there was a there was a kind of a community feel in uh, because the theme was so was so. Uh, was so common the theme of the Wonder Years that everybody had a memory and everybody talked about their memories and everybody wrote about their memories and uh, so that it was uh, it is kind of a combined biography I guess <laughs> an autobiography yeah. of a of a production staff in a way.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, see, see, that's good because I think you know I'm assuming that at that time when the '60s were going on, most of you were Kevin's age so exactly. you you exactly. created it through the prism of the growing of, of the adolescent uh and exactly. then you had to when you went back to do it, you understood the real world so much better that you were able to frame these exactly. adult characters so well
2: uh, exactly and to look back and to frame and to frame the story into something that was uh that that had that had more depth and more resonance than perhaps Kevin himself was aware of at the time. It's only. I think it's only on. If you if you imagine that the Wonder Years was Kevin Arnold sitting around his living room at halftime during a football game, sometime you know 20 years later and reminiscing, but bringing, bringing to to this story these stories he told about himself, this kind of wisdom, this kind of uh, perspective. That looking back gives you on how just how stupid we were when we were (laughs) 14, or just how just how naive, or just how daring, or just how uh, misled, or just how true and how brave and courageous we were at that age. You know, there's a lot about the Wonder Years, there's a lot that Kevin remembers about himself, which is the kind of there's a line in uh, there's a line in one of the shows, I think, show about the baseball tryouts. That ends saying that uh, every kid be, deserves to be a hero. Every kid already is, and you know I mm-hmm. think that there was that sense of, uh, of, of of heroism to get through that awful time of life. You know that that horrible, trying adolescent, you know hormonal time of life where everything is a mystery and everything that you thought was as a child was true turns out it isn't, and uh, and uh, growing up is tough to do.
1: Yeah, yeah, you can't you can't really forget. Uh, those those formative uh, painful years, and and if you can, yeah. you're very lucky.
2: Exactly, exactly. I understand they're doing experiments with mice now to uh, to uh, to to rid the mice of uh, of unhappy memories. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's what the Wonder Years did. <laughs> maybe <laughs> no, that was their purpose say, in life.
1: That that would be that that would just be. Uh, an exercise for you guys making it, but I enjoyed watching it right. so much that I know that's not true. Well, thank uh, it you was so not much. a vapid, empty, poor recreation of the '60s, and I wasn't around in the '60s, and I still enjoyed and related with everything I saw on screen. So, well, uh, thank you so that. much. You know,
2: and I just uh, I hope that uh, you know, people will watch it and 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 relive that same experience because I feel like it's it's something that deserves to be uh, treasured. So thank you very much,
1: sir. Not at all. Thank you for all your work on it. Uh, uh, Really, really appreciate uh, you taking the time to sit down and talk to us uh, because it's always fun to reminisce, as I'm sure you understand. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Thank you very much. Uh, We'll let you go. Um, Good luck. Uh, I hope I hope this uh, this release gets a couple more pennies in your pocket, and you can rub it in Vince (laughs) Gilligan's face.
2: I think I think pennies would be is the appropriate amount but uh just to have it out there just to have it out there is is really what counts so thank you
1: Mark. well thank you very much have a have a good one uh stay creative and uh never never forget the entire nation went through puberty with your words and and we're all hitting 40 now so oh, watch gonna, out i'm never going to sleep again now <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile all right and that was bob brush Honest to God, bona fide showrunner for at least five and a half seasons of The uh, Wonder Years, and you know what? He's the unsung hero because back then, of course, no one even knew what a showrunner was. He was just a quick name at the very uh, end of the episode. Uh, and without him, there'd be no Vince Gilligan. There would be there would be less good TV. I'm yeah. convinced. So, hats
0: off to you, Bob Brush thanks thanks for writing all those all those shows yeah, you you definitely mean a you and the show mean a lot to us mm-hmm. it's it's what saturday morning Serial is kind of all about yes and you took the time to write
1: like well over 100 episodes and wow. i can remember about 7 or 8 of them mm-hmm. off the top of my head at best so god bless you sir and i'm glad all your work is finally out so we can all buy it in these beautiful box set uh, lockers right Boy, thanks for thanks for bringing that over here, Marky. I had a I've I've had a lot of fun
0: going through it and watching the episodes now. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've uh <laughs> we've been able to not only experience it again, but I don't know. I when I watch it, it puts me back at that age. I don't know. It's it's a time warp, really. Mm-hmm. So when, when you open this locker door, it takes you you're, all you're the right, way back. You're right back there. Yeah, it's it's awesome. I've, I really had a good time doing this, and you guys can all have it yourselves. So here it is. So aside from the complete series, which is what we have been unboxing today, oh yeah, uh, and this is the commemorative tin scaled replica locker. Yep. Uh, so aside from the complete series, there is the Wonder Years Experience, which is priced at two ninety nine. So for 50 bucks more, just a little bit more, yeah, it, in, little. it includes all the elements from the complete series, uh, locker, all that stuff, uh, along with a selection of limited edition memorabilia created exclusively for this set, a Kennedy Junior High School T-shirt, two uh-huh. socks, and a vintage gym bag, a Kennedy Junior High School pennant and commemorative patch, the Wonder Years. Um, it also has the Wonder Years collectible pins and a newly produced Wonder Years CD, featuring the theme songs plus classics by Bob Dylan, Diana Ross, the Beach Boys, the Temptations and many, many oh, others. See,
1: there you go. There you yeah, go. There's there your is
0: a, music and yeah. the soundtrack included.
1: So, but um, you got to you got to bump it up to the to the 299 version to get that on CD. For well, yeah,
0: time. you know, this thing is 249, which yep. we, you know, obviously that's not that's not a small investment, guys. Uh, no, but no. You, know, you get every single season, great every single you, episode at Works of first art, broadcast, but yeah. yes, and Works of Art are rarely cheap that's yes yes uh, now you know there are uh, so no so the wonder years experience uh so you get all that extra stuff the gym bag the t-shirt the patches the pins and uh basically a soundtrack with bob dylan diana ross the beach boys um you get all that stuff for only fifty dollars more In addition to that, the third level, which is really exciting, you're going to get the Wonder Years Signature Edition limited to 500 sets, and this includes everything from the complete series and the experience editions. Each set will also be hand-signed by Fred Savage, Danica McKellar, and other cast members housed in a numbered locker and accompanied by a numbered Certificate of Authenticity.
1: Ah, so if you're a serious collector, yep. you, you can keep on going to get, because I thought, when we opened this up just now, I assumed this was like top of the line.
0: Yeah, well, it should be, but this is just kind of an entry level. You know? Wow. Yeah. Uh, actually, I take that back. The entry level is <laughs> on October 7th, so this is already out right now. Star Vista will release The Wonder Year Season 1, direct to retail, and available nationwide. The two-disc set, available for nineteen ninety five uh includes six unedited episodes from the unforgettable first episode. Um, and this also includes the original songs by Jimi Hendrix, The Birds, Joni Mitchell, The Monkey, Steppenwolf, See, and Robinson.
1: I assume that's what they mean by unedited, because otherwise, what, were they swearing?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I right, fucking you bet your ass. <laughs> no, I think uh well well I think what it what it means But it is has that all that music. It's, it's got what, it all and in they, it. They,
1: they that first season. They pay for apparently it. have a lot. Look of, at all
0: that music. It's awesome. Really? Uh so yeah, but so there's the end, all these different levels.
1: That's only gonna be a taste. You're gonna want the whole thing. Don't just stop at the
0: first season. Wait, wait it out, get get the whole series. Well <laughs> look. If you go online right now, because I was doing a little research here, mm-hmm. on my on my sheet here, uh, it tells me that the original uh, Locker replica box set is two forty nine. It tells me that the Wonder Years Experience is two ninety nine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have a price for the Wonder Years Signature Edition, which includes everything from the complete series and the Wonder Years Experience. Actually, I see here on my sheet that
1: the signature editions run for four ninety nine uh and it is a limited edition of only five hundred copies uh looks like there's still a few available so if you are a serious collector that's where you want to put uh put your
0: uh, put your collecting dollars have make this your cattle call get on there right now if you if you're interested in this, go and get it' because this this signature edition is really, really cool. They're all really cool, and this one's really super, super, super cool. So uh, take that out. But um, we have a little something for you because we are such good friends with Star Vista and oh, and the Time Life people. And the Time I Life people. Uh, we are actually going to give away right now uh, your very own complete series. What of the Wonder Years? it's retails at 249.99 this is by far our biggest giveaway um all you have You're to are giving do, these away. We are going to give them away. Sheesh. All you have oh. to do is email me your favorite wonder years memory. Mhm. And you email it to Saturday morning serial at Yahoo.com. That's a brand-new email made specifically for this particular contest. What's that email again? <laughs> SaturdayMorningSerial at Yahoo.com. What's that uh, email again? SaturdayMorningSerial at Yahoo.com. All and right. you will win a version of, well, you will win this exact, not this one that I'm holding, you will win the complete series of The Wonder Years retailing at 249 It comes with 115 episodes, 26 discs uh 23 hours of specially produced bonus programming. It's got all the Kevin Arnold you could possibly take. <laughs> oh, and and um for all of you out there that that and I'm going to basically pick out the the best one. I'm going to post it on the site. Uh so send me your favorite Wonder Years memory whether it's from your actual life or you watching the Wonder Years. I don't really care. I'm looking for something funny and unique. Oh, yeah. And and if it's one you just made up, we might still consider it. I, just make me get laugh. This is basically a contest to let me know that you're listening, and I will send you something. <laughs> so uh, get this thing. <laughs> send me something.
1: Well, well, funny. Make me laugh. I wish. I noticed you didn't explicitly say that I can't submit anything.
0: Uh. Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it now. I oh. cannot submit anything. I guess I, I kind of set myself up. For that. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You could have and not told me, and I would have mailed you something. But you know, instead. Listeners out there, enter to win your very own, the complete series of The Wonder Years. Not to mention, the first five runners-up will receive
1: the first season of The Wonder Years on DVD, all just for sending us something.
0: For merely sending me your stuff and your favorite Wonder Years memory. That's it. That's, That's it. all we want. That's it. We're not Russian hackers. No. We're not Nigerian princes. <laughs> We just we just want to share your Wonder Years memories with you. And remember we'll probably post something of yours on the site. So there you go. Yes. We'll we will publish you. Yes. Or post your picture or whatever the hell you want.
1: Yes. Or or whatever else
0: sounds like a vague threat. <laughs> Please do yeah. this after this contest. <laughs> okay. Uh
1: yeah. Huh. What else? All right. Well this is uh this is probably as as good a place to stop as any because now I want to go watch some of the uh the bonus content. I didn't see them. there were like six If only I'd known then, back at the beginning of this episode, what I know now, here at the end of it. Because opening that locker door on the box set of the Wonder Years Complete series from Starvis and Time Life was just like opening a door to a flood of memories. And though they felt like memories from the 60s, they were actually memories from the late 80s, perhaps early 90s, watching a television portraying what was the... Okay, it gets a little complicated from here, but I'll never forget when I realized on that sunny October afternoon, Adolescence is a bitch. First step of adulthood, but the last step of childhood... And no matter how cool you get in high school, you're always going to remember the theme to the Smurfs. You'll never be a different person than you were as a kid. Because we're all heroes then. And we believed in heroes. And those of us who decided to keep believing in heroes, well, the box set is out now. Relive the 80s and the early 90s and the late 60s and the early 70s all together at once. Open that locker door with us. Also, I'm already having some doubts about using this bird song. Ah, shit.
0: What would you do if I sang? Okay, now no, that's enough oh, of this. Come on. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. Oh, this is enough of this.